We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to RotoViz.com. Click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined again by my co-host here on Rotoviz Overtime, it is Sean Siegel. Sean, we are getting ready for the third show of the week. We did have Scott Fish on on Tuesday's show. We had a, a very fun conversation then on Thursday's episode. I would recommend the listeners go and check them out if they haven't already. But then today, Scott is going to come back on with us, answer some listener questions, and we're looking forward to that in just a little moment. But it is... Uh, it is our Saturday edition. We've been hitting three shows a week over the last three weeks, but uh, it isn't the only show at the moment that's hitting three shows a week on, on Rotoviz. We do obviously have the flagship show with Dave Cabin and Curtis Patrick doing phenomenal work. And of course, we have your new show with uh, Ben Gretsch and Stadium Bananas. But we will talk about that a little bit later in the show. But Sean, it was super fun to have Scott on earlier this week, but uh, looking forward to having him on again today. Yeah, Scott is, is fantastic. Does a great job with... The fishbowl, the Tuesday show was awesome, right? I mean, he, he worked us through everything we need to do to be ready for the format, to beat the format, some strategy tips. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the structure of the fishbowl, how he put that together. We have some really cool reader, listener questions about how he chooses the scoring, how he chooses the positions, what he's looking for on that. He even gives us a sense of what are some of the formats that he has tried or has investigated and don't work. So that was very interesting. I thought looking forward to to hearing that from him. And then also we jump in and, and talk a little bit about fantasy cares, which really is even the most important part of the fishbowl. So uh, hopefully everybody really listens to that element there scott does such a great job with it and yeah it's a it's a blast to have him back on the show 
time we can talk to Scott. It's uh, something that I look forward to. So, Scott, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be back. <laughs> no problem. Uh, another teaser for the listeners there. We had a starter show the last day and we talked about how I forgot to record. Um, today, uh, we're recording this right after that last recording. So thanks for coming back for the second recording, Scott. Um, in terms of some of the questions that we've come in, um, We'll talk a little bit about Fantasy Cares because we didn't really talk about that on the first show, but we're going to talk uh, first about some questions. We did kind of glance on these, but a question came in from Cahill McCabe on Twitter. He said, how do you come up with the special scoring formats every year? And the other part of the question is, in terms of the testing, what's the weirdest uh, one that's ever been suggested that didn't that didn't make it into the SFB? Oh, wow. I... I the second part is really interesting. <laughs> um, the first part is the the fun thing is I didn't even change the scoring this year. I just added kickers and the flex in the third round reversal. So I didn't even have, I didn't even have to work much on the scoring. Just uh, just figuring out the kicker scoring and where they would mesh in, in in relation to flex players is really the only thing I worked on there. But uh, honestly, each year it's it's what do I want to do with the scoring? What do I like want to push out there for the industry to take a look at? I try to change something every year just so it keeps everyone on their toes and they have to analysts and fans have to think about it. You know, like uh, an analyst who does, who's in 30 leagues can't just, you know, go in and, you know, just automatically make their picks. Oh, I got this. They have to actually think about it, which is, which is a big deal to me. So that that's part one is I want to make sure it's different enough each year that that it requires thought from everyone playing that they ha- that they have to you know put some work into it. Um, as for the the ones that get suggested that I've just never done or never will do, um, there <laughs> uh, tiered PPR comes up a lot. But I, if you know me, if you've heard me on other shows, I'm not like I'm not super against it. But I I don't like I really don't like arbitrary cutoffs, like. Someone gets nine yards, they get X amount of points. But if they get 10 yards, that one extra yard, they get X, like X plus one or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like if something is zero to five, it's this six to 10. It's, I, I do not like arbitrary cutoffs. I would rather have something be decimal and, you know, builds up, you know, in a more fluid manner. I, I just, I, so that's one reason I've never allowed like a tier, tiered PPR. Um, I won't go into my two tight end required starting rant um uh, let's just say i've researched it and researched it and researched it and it is the single most detrimental setting i've ever researched and i've researched thousands of settings over tens of thousands of hours um you know i i will for a second i i researched 35 different leagues and every season of those leagues so 150 plus seasons and if you didn't have a top three tight end there were zero times that team won the championship. And if you didn't have a top three tight end, there were zero times they even won 10 games. Now, could you? Sure. Like the top scoring team in your league missing the playoffs. It happens. Anomalies happen. But requiring two starting tight ends is the single most detrimental setting I've ever seen, uh, ever researched. So it's one I wouldn't bring to leagues on the same boat play what you enjoy. Like I don't league shame. I absolutely play what you enjoy. You can probably monkey with the other settings to make it better. Um, 
have fun, enjoy it. But I just, I can't bring that to SFB after what I've seen, after the data I've researched on it. And uh, is that one that's come in from multiple people or does the person who has suggested that multiple times uh, know Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it, it's a thing out there. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've seen it. Like pe- there are people that play in those leagues, people that like them. Um, and I'm, that's absolutely great. It's just not something I would bring to SFB because I, I prefer something that creates balance and different ways to build your roster and not something that if you don't do this, you're really screwed. Now, now it, it definitely brings a lot of value to those top tight ends. Like it really brings the value up on them and it brings the value up on good tight ends. Absolutely. No question. I just can't, I just can't do it. <laughs> sorry. That was a mini rant that you can edit down. Comb. I'm sorry about that. No, no, we'll have to leave that <laughs> in. Uh, but I thought that was uh, good. And you know, you mentioned about like having people, you know have to force players into certain positions i know with myself and sean like the more flex spots the better um if we can just have them all be flex spots uh, i think we'd be happy there uh, the second question come in uh, i think mike randall uh, host off the road of his mailbag couldn't pass up the opportunity to get to put his own question into a different show he's used to getting the questions <laughs> in on his side but uh, he, he he messaged in to say uh, is it a priority each year to increase the value of a traditional single player position i.e quarterback tight end kicker um i think we kind of touched on that a bit on monday but if you want to dive into it a little bit yeah i mean you kind of have to if you if you want to achieve balance especially if you have have like a ppr that already boosts up wide receivers in now an era where probably don't need the ppr anymore but it's it's a highly projectable stat it's in game centers it's really fun it's fun to score points um, though that's those are great elements to it, but because of that, you do need to do things to to up the scoring of other positions to balance it out. If you want balanced scoring, like I do, um, that's the entire reason PPR came into existence. You know, back in the days of the stud running backs, you brought PPR on to try to balance, you know, up the wide receiver scoring. So now we've entered an era where we need to up the others other positions just to. Uh, just to uh, you know, even it out if you want balanced scoring. So I mean, I guess I have to. You know, I guess just what I want to achieve with my scoring systems, I have to. Yeah. And obviously, you know, this all started and then eventually went into fantasy cares and what it's developed into today. There's obviously the charity element, and I know you're a big, you know, uh, promoter of adding charity elements to leagues. I know Sean likes the charity elements as well. Just for the people listening who may not, uh, I think hopefully they all do know fantasy cares, but if they don't or if they can support the leagues in any way, uh, I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that as well. Sure. The The way you do that this year is by donating to the, the pool during the potathon. There's an SFB potathon that people come on. It's 24 hours. It's it's uh, July 5th to the 6th. It's while the first day of SFB is going on. It's 24 or 25 hours. And you can donate to that pool or you can buy a shirt and money from that goes goes to our Toys for Tots drive and, and whatnot. And uh, really, honestly, I've been trying to push this for two years is give to you know whatever you're passionate about, honestly. I, I believe I saw a number the other day that charities last year saw a 68% decrease in charitable donations, something like that. We talked about this on the show last year. I remember, Sean, that you know so many charities get a lot of their money from events that they just could not hold last year. They could not hold those events. So um, it, it may have felt like there was a lot of charitable talk out there and stuff but you know charitable donations were really down last year (laughs) so uh it's 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 a very important thing and uh i'm just glad that i i have a platform that i'm able to you know go on shows and be like 
give one entry fee to charity, any charity that you want, you know, something you're passionate about, tell your, convince your league to do it. They, they won't miss that donation. It's, uh, it's going to make everybody feel good. They're going to love it. And you you make a difference, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000, whatever the hundreds of thousands of leagues there are out there. If we all each do that, I mean, we're going to, we're going to make a huge difference out there. And we talked a little bit last year as well about some of the cool things that you've done with the money, some of the different uh, shopping excursions and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Just again, so people can get a feel for, for what this is doing. Give us at least one anecdote about things that you guys have then done with the money and, or like how this is growing and, and the impact that it's making. Sure. Sure. Well, it's gotten to the point where we are, we are making a really noticeably huge difference in seven, eight, whatever cities around the country that the, the, like the toys for tots people reach out to us now, you know, like they, they reach out to us and they're like, are you still doing your thing this year? And, and, and what one, one anecdote, like I, I know in one of the cities and I can't remember which one, but our, like our donation is like something, something like half of what they get normally like we we account for half in in that place half of what what they get for their their toys for tots toys um you know one anecdote that like this happens every year but one year it was it it just really hit me a little harder than the others but a couple years ago like we do purchasing for a a children's a terminal care ward a a children's at a at children's hospital here and and like um you know, our toys for tots, you know, they deliver toys to that, but you know, we are able to spend larger amounts of money. So we were able to buy a cart full of game systems for, you know, like, like, (laughs) you know, game systems. So yeah, switches, like a bunch of switches and stuff like that. We were able to buy a bunch of game systems for, for those kids to, to have and play. And, and just like the thought of that, that, I, I don't know if they would have gotten them otherwise, but I, just the thought that they, you know, get something like that to enjoy and have fun and distract them from all that they're going through is just, I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> sorry. It, it just gets to me a little bit. It makes me incredibly happy, you know? No, it's, an, it's incredible. Yeah. No, it's a, and it's an amazing thing. Like uh, I always say you should be incredibly proud of what it's grown into. I know at the start you, again couldn't have expected it i guess to grow to this but now the fact that it is that and that it's making such a big impact in so many people's lives and uh, you even went back to the part about like if there's two hundred thousand people playing fantasy yeah. sports if we <laughs> even all put right? one dollar in each it's already <laughs> yeah. like, you know getting up near a quarter of a million so it can happen very quickly but the way the community comes together with this every year with the potathon and everything else that goes around it it's it's great i think the entire fantasy community should be proud of it but obviously you should be extremely proud of all that it has achieved uh, as we get ready to wrap things up scott um Obviously, we have the satellites with fantasycares.net as well. I want to just make sure we highlight that, but people can get into the satellites as well. At Scott, is it the scottfishbowl.com? Yep, yep. You can sign up there. You can put your name down for SFB12 now as well. You can put your name down to be in a satellite. There's there's lots of different things. And I, just to touch on what you said, like five years ago, I remember going on these shows and there was nothing else. Like there were no other charity tournaments. There weren't, like charity leagues weren't really a thing. Like I'm sure there were charity leagues out there, but now they're everywhere. You can't, you can't turn it. Like come, you know, on Twitter, you cannot turn without seeing another charity tournament or something trying to raise money for a cause. And it's like, 
I, I feel like SFB really has pushed that and, and my shows that, that I've done have really pushed that out there. And like, it's, it's something that like, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of it. You know, I'm proud of SFB, but I'm more proud that this industry has gathered together and we've really taken, taken, taken that in and decided, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to make a ton of difference. And I think that's the part that I'm more proud of is that the entire industry decided, yeah, let's make this a thing. And And I'm just, I'm so happy to see if you change like somebody's league, then you don't know how that's changing them psychologically to do this in future as well, to do more charitable elements outside of fantasy. So it has a knock on effect that way as well. So just so many, so many good things. And you mentioned like some other leagues, like there's a basically a a European version of the SFB is up now. And like, there's like, it's just growing every year. And again, the money is going to good uh, causes in the EU here as well. So it's like, it's just all over the world. It's it's incredible. Yeah. It's just awesome. It's so it's so wonderful to see. I I ne- to, to go back to a question from earlier this week. I never would have expected any of this, but I'm so happy we're here. It's it's really cool to hear. We we know from so many examples in our current world how easily negative ideas can be transmitted through a culture with the way our culture is set up. Yeah. But positive ideas can as well. Yep. And so it's just so yeah. crucial for people to be involved in that because like you said, you don't know how big it can get, how fast it can get. And ideas matter. And and good ideas are so necessary to balance out the rest. Scott, it's been fantastic to have you. Obviously, I think the answer to this is the fishbowl, but uh, take us out by telling us what else you're doing, what we should be looking for, uh, what you're excited about for the next six months. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just the fishbowl right now. I mean, it's uh, scottfishbowl.com is where you can do everything for that. Just honestly, there's, I, I'm generally doing a ton of stuff. So just scottfish24 on Twitter and you can find what I'm doing there. That's, that's the easiest way to say it. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Scott, thanks again for jumping on. Thank you for having me guys. This is great. So once again, thanks to Scott for coming on the two shows this week. We did talk about fantasycares.net there. Highly recommend checking that out if you're interested in playing in the SFB when it's SFB 12 next year. Of course, you can get into those satellites and you can get in and try and win your way in this year. It's a, it's a phenomenal contest to be involved in each and every year. And of course, make sure you're following Scott on Twitter as well at scottfish24. We'll be back with more listener questions just after the break that have come in over the past week from our Road of His Overtime listeners. So uh, be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So Sean, as we move into this section of the show where we talk through some of our listener questions, we have uh, two questions this week. We're trying to kind of highlight, um, you know, two to three questions every week, uh, a little bit to unpack in these ones. So we'll, we'll go through those and we'll give our listeners some recommendations then to wrap things up for this third edition of the week. Uh, so the question comes in from Matt Chuk. I hope Matt, I'm pronouncing your, your surname correctly there, but in terms of the question uh, that comes in, basically if we have uh, any free time to answer these questions, exactly where we're looking for the listeners to send them in. And I always like to mention uh, to send them in via Twitter, like this one came in, the second one today came in via email at rotavizradio.gmail.com. So send them in either way, and we'll be happy to try and add them in to some of the upcoming shows. But I thought this was a good question, Sean, because we talk about players we like, we talk about draft, and we talk about the process. One thing that's interesting is how much is too much ownership. So we're drafting a lot of best ball leagues at the moment. He mentioned that he's drafting leagues as well, but one of the players, obviously, that we like, that he likes, is T. Higgins. He says he thinks he's underpriced in the fourth round, and he says that he's 20-plus 20, 20 best ball leagues in, and his ownership of T. Higgins is around 70%. So we're getting, we're getting pretty high there on the, the ownership. He says that he, he knows it's much too much ownership, but since his ADP is lower than we all think, he can't help but continue to draft him. So in terms, Sean, he says that he knows it's too much ownership. It's Is there a way to know that it is actually too much ownership? Have you like a, a hard and fast rule on it? I know when we're obviously playing with the uh, FFPC command center, we can see our ownership of players. I have some players at the moment, the likes of Calvin Ridley, who's very heavily owned. Um, you know, I have a number of players that are plus 50%, but that there, as we get ready or get closer to the season, will probably balance itself out but what's your thoughts on on ownership and, and when that gets to be a concern and obviously we're talking sample size if we have three leagues you know having a 75 percent ownership is not going to be as concerning as you know if we have 100 leagues split yeah you mentioned the command center also the adp tools have an exposure element there to where you can track and if you're trying to limit your exposure to certain players those tools will really help you at least visualize and and work your way through that this is an interesting question because I do think that it depends a little bit on personal preference and how you like to do things. Uh, my way of diversifying, and this isn't really diversification within a season, but it's simply to look at it year to year. It's like, you know, I'll diversify from T Higgins by not owning him at all next year when he's super expensive. Right. And so it, it depends on your personal ability to manage your bankroll within a season across seasons, you know, how much exposure you want to have to your top players in any given year because you feel like in most years you're going to win big as a result of that 
right now. The biggest concern that we have with Higgins, I think, is that he gets hurt. And if you have a player who's injured and is on all of those teams, it really is going to knock them down. There's there's no question about that. Now, could he underperform at that ADP in addition to the injury risk? Well, possibly. But one of my articles that came out uh, toward the end of last week, again, really sort of focused on Higgins and how he just seems so undervalued. So, you know, we, we have here, Matt asks us about um, Higgins and how he thinks that his ADP should be in the fourth round. And in some of these formats, he's going in the sixth round. The way that I would accomplish the minimal amount of diversification that I'm looking for would simply be to enforce a price element on myself where I'm not drafting him more than, say, a round above where he goes. Right. So I, I want to get at least a little bit of value even on somebody there. Now, one of the things about that is that you can use the drafts that you're sort of out of position to get a guy in order to diversify. So one of the things that Zach and I ran into, and Zach's been part of your awesome best ball series. Uh, he and I did the $100,000 FFPC best ball tournament on his show, Roster Locked. Uh, lots of great info about this there if you are interested in going into it in more detail. He and I would have liked to have Higgins, but with our draft slot that we had, we would have essentially had to take him either way early or hope that he falls quite a bit late just because he's going in a section of draft that doesn't fit at all with where we were picking. Now, I actually went back and looked at this draft and felt like the biggest mistake that we made was not still picking him, right? So it's one of those where you go back and you're like, our team is a lot worse because we selected a quarterback in that range because that round that he should be going in and you know matt says he should be going in in round four he should at least be going in round five his adp is in early round six we had an early pick in round five round five if you don't have higgins in there is not a particularly interesting round it's a round where you can get your quarterback so you know kyler murray dak prescott lamar jackson you attack those guys that's what we did we took prescott to go with some of the other cowboys that we had obviously higgins didn't come back to us at the end of round six that would be absurd and so you know, we did not get him. And then I look at the team in the end, I'm like, this team would have been a lot better if we had taken Higgins and then attacked quarterback later. So even in that case where you're trying to avoid having too much ownership in that way, you will sometimes go back and look at the individual team and think, okay, well, the team would have been stronger. Now I say that. And in round six and seven, as we came back through, we took Jerry Judy, we took Tyler Boyd. Boyd may actually score fairly close to Higgins. I think all three of those guys are going to be in that sort of wide receiver one, wide receiver two edge, or maybe they'll all be solidly in the wide receiver two group, making them good values where they're going, right? So that could still work out. And having some Tyler Boyd allows you to not have that maybe 70, 80% Higgins. And that way, if Higgins is is hurt, we know that number one, Tyler Boyd is going to be a good scorer anyway. But if Higgins goes down, you know, maybe Tyler Boyd is the overall wide receiver seven, something like that. I mean, Tyler Boyd is always undervalued. Where he's going is, is also ludicrous. So you can balance out your Higgins ownership there. You know, we look at Jerry Judy. We got some criticism for these two picks because Judy and Boyd were above ADP. And yet that, again, speaks to this idea that we're all very overconfident. We think guys are going to score exactly in the ranges that they're being taken. And that's not going to happen. I mean, we know from just our own personal experience, we also know from Blair's work in the wrong read that, you know, ADP expert rankings, very, very inaccurate, partly because of those injuries, which is the reason why you would avoid, say, a 70% ownership in Higgins. And then partly because we don't know how the season is going to play out. We're always overconfident in that. So 
having some of these other players that you like, and that's the thing that I would encourage is find some of the other players in that range that maybe you think, okay, they're not the same value, but you also like their chance to be part of a portfolio that wins. If you get to the end of the season and Higgins does have some type of injury that knocks him down, or even if Chase comes out and has like a 1800 yard season as a rookie, and we don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, it's not totally impossible, right? I mean, if he's better than Justin Jefferson, if the Bengals throw every play, if Joe Burrow is back and healthy, you know, there are some ways that it could go that maybe Higgins isn't the guy there. And so we want to prepare for those contingencies by looking at other things we can do in that range, as opposed to thinking, okay, well, I need to avoid Higgins every once in a while just to avoid him. Yeah, and I, the one thing, I don't have 100% Higgins, but like that round you mentioned in round five, I I definitely think I either have 100% if I combine, you know, the three quarterbacks going there and Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Higgins. Like, it's either one of those quarterbacks or Higgins for me pretty much every time. So um, I, I don't think at the moment you can have too much ownership. I think the other thing is you mentioned with where Boyd's going, like there's there's some leagues there where I've, I've taken both of them and that can work as well with the fact that you mentioned if something happens to Higgins Boyd can still have that and if something happens to Boyd Higgins is going to have the upside of it as well so it's going to be interesting we're, we're very excited about this Bengals offense so I think that for people listening to the show over the last two months that's that's undeniable at this point uh, the next question comes in from Mike as I mentioned come in to at rotavizradio at gmail.com says he loves the show subscribed to rotavis for five plus years and um thanks obviously for the kind words to start things off there in terms of uh, a trade question based on your super flex tight end premium dynasty rankings he says he's in a 12 team league he has a chance to pick up jamar chase in a future second by trading away justin jefferson i like the way he says here as well without giving away sean's rankings on air <laughs> uh he knows that you have jamar ranked very highly um so what's your thoughts on that he's basically kind of getting guidance on uh that that question of jamar chase and a future second for justin jefferson who obviously had a, a massive year one this question sort of boils down to a couple of different things so the new dynasty rankings that we're experimenting with has presented us with this question so as opposed to going in just and just ranking the players we have a spreadsheet where we have future first, seconds, third, fourth, fifth, and we're answering the question, what we would pay to trade for these guys, right? And then Dave has that with values for those picks that then add up to the total amount that we then rank the players by. So whichever players are worth the most in terms of future trade value are the ones that we have ranked the highest. So. This is probably going to skew things even a little bit more than my my normal preference in terms of win always. Right. So our number one thing on the show is win now, but win always. We're not going to win now at the expense of the future ever because we're trying to maximize the total number of years where we make the playoffs. Ideally, the total number of years where we get a buy because we know that once we get into the semis and finals, sometimes we'll upset the other team, sometimes they'll upset us but we need to be in that group every single year to maximize the number of championships we have. So with that being the case in this win always mentality, we're looking at youth a little bit more than we're looking at the 2021 season, or not even necessarily youth, but just how that trade value will maintain itself, improve for some players, you know, decline dramatically for other players. And one of the things that has happened as I go through this experiment or this exercise is that the guys that I, already liked and already had ranked fairly high 
they moved up even further, right? So I'm gonna go back through in the next week, look at this again and make sure that the rankings really reflect how I think people should be valuing these players because obviously you don't wanna have rankings out on the site that don't help the readers and the listeners win, right? So that's gonna be the goal. But So that's kind of the, the exercise that we've gone through. That's one of the reasons why Chase is very, very high. Again, go, go check out the, the site to see just how high. He may not be quite at that point uh, tomorrow or the next day, but but very high. Justin Jefferson also very high, right? So if these guys are valued somewhat evenly, and Mike mentions in the question, it's very hard to put Chase in the same group as someone who just went for 1,400 yards last season. I mean, that's an amazing rookie year. We know that Chase was a slightly superior player at LSU, you know, possibly, you know, unless he was able to do a lot of that because of Justin Jefferson, right? But we also know that Jefferson is one of the best rookies of all time. There's nothing in his profile that would suggest that that was fluky when I mean, he's going to go out there and be a long-term star for us. So we like both of these guys. Perhaps Chase is in a little better shape being connected to Burrow. That's something that I do like there. I'm skeptical about the Vikings offense and their quarterback position long-term, right? So if we're looking at, you know, how could Chase without having demonstrated on an NFL field, how could those guys be close you know, that is an element that, that matters for me a little bit. Then I think in terms of the trade, it comes down to what type of format you're playing in. If you're playing in a super flex, that future second uh, is actually something that's pretty relevant, right? Because we would expect, especially the second half of round two, to be fairly valuable. And so I would like to make that trade, pick up that second round pick, continue to uh, increase the trade value that I have in my roster. Maybe that second round pick is the piece that allows me to go and make a move to win the championship this year. Maybe it's just something where, you know, we have an extra important piece for drafting next season, but that's kind of what it would come down to. I think for a lot of people, if you're playing in a more traditional league, that second round pick maybe has slightly more marginal value. And if you want to stick with Justin Jefferson there, I think that's probably the safe play and also the play that probably will score you more points in this season. And so you stay with a guy who's very young and you get a guy who's going to help you win now, which is part of the win now win always. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question though because obviously Chase is coming in and what he's done in college and then Jefferson, what he did last year. Um, I would I would tend to normally go and get the extra pick and, and build it there, but hard to argue with what, what Jefferson did last year as well. Thanks to Mike for sending them in. As I mentioned, you can send your questions my way on Twitter at over to Marland or you can email them in. We'll get them that way too at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We've touched on a couple of shows. Uh, I'm going to try and see what we can set up. I have been tweeting out when I'm doing some best ball leagues, getting those leagues filled. A lot of the listeners have been playing in those as well. Uh, if you are interested as well in playing the league along with myself and Sean, uh, whether best ball or dynasty, we might set up some leagues as we get towards the season here. Send them in as well, either on Twitter, like I mentioned, at OverTimeIreland or RotoVizRadio at gmail.com. We'll have some fun there. We might even uh, pull some off the RotoViz hosts from across the board into those as well. Um, so make, let us know the interest and uh, we'll, we'll adjust our, our settings accordingly. Um, in terms of uh, my recommendation this week, Sean, I'm going to go first. You may, I don't know if you have a recommendation, but mine's is quite simple for the listeners this week it is to check out the stealing bananas podcast with sean siegel and ben gretch i mentioned this earlier in the week it is instantly uh, one of my favorite shows to listen to the, the content on it is phenomenal uh, the two opening shows are sean and ben and then uh, if it can't get better than that evan silva jumps on for the third one so 
phenomenal content uh, really really highly recommended um, their plan is three shows a week you can check that out on the stealing bananas podcast page you can get it on pretty much all podcast apps if you can't find it on any podcast app that you use i've had some people reach out via twitter to check about the likes of spotify or stitcher uh, they are all up on those now so if there is one that's missing let me know we'll get it we'll get it set up if we can for you but Highly recommend checking that out and uh, if you are listening to it and of course you're already listening to this show, uh, drop a five star review for those two shows. We do appreciate it. It helps grow our audiences and uh, it is much, much appreciated. Sean, um, I don't know if you can recommend your own show, but uh, do you want to recommend something else or do you want to give it another plug? Well, I mean... I would recommend Ben's portion of the show. I mean, Ben is fantastic. <laughs> Make sure you you check him out. Also wanted to just say a thank you to uh, some of our listeners for their recommendations. Uh, many of the listeners know that I read all kinds of books to go, you know, literary, crime, sci-fi, fantasy, enjoy a, a pretty wide range. One of the recommendations that we had somewhat recently of the first Law series, I had mentioned on the show that I was in that. I had gotten through the first half. Uh, the first half slowed me down. The second half was fantastic. I was angry because I was having to wait for book two. I've now blitzed through book two, book three, the first two books in the standalone portion of the series. And so I'm now in book six, uh, it's been an absolute delight. So I uh, really appreciate the ability or the chance to connect with people, get those recommendations. Uh, my life has been made better by the chance to read, you know, something that, that we've had recommended. So uh, appreciate all those. Enjoy that element of the show. And uh, we'll be back with more TV and book recommendations in the future. Yeah, and I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago too the the Loki show on, on the Disney. Uh, um, I was going to say the Disney Channel, maybe it is the Disney Channel, but the the streaming service. And uh, I, I did tuck into show two, and I actually had back to back. I missed one week, and you know, you mentioned about being frustrated waiting. What I actually did was I watched the second episode yesterday, and because I didn't want to be frustrated waiting, I have left the third episode to watch today so uh, just to, to you know waiting a week's a little bit too much so i tried to, to space it out but it's it's all good so far but that's going to do it for today's edition of the show as always you can get yourself a 10 percent discount to a rotavis nfl pass all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for more information my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over tim ireland my co-host is sean siegel check out his work up on rotavis.com and until we're back with more shows next week have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.